Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. I'm excited this week. It is just about time for the most important week of the year in the sector, the 32nd BMO Global Metals and Mining and Critical Minerals Conference in Florida. Yes, I am biased, but I am also confident the BMO team will deliver the best conference out there. And it's bigger and better than ever before, with over 2,000 attendees and three and a half days of packed content. We'll have CEOs from all the major mining companies present back-to-back on the Monday morning, a fascinating keynote panel of industry veterans uh, talking about taking lessons from the past to drive the metals and mining industry into the future. We'll have a Tuesday keynote from Robert Friedland, panels hosted by the BMO Climate Institute and also our energy transition franchise and also specific focus panels on carbon and uranium. Plus, we've added a dedicated critical mineral stream to the conference that reflects the glowing strategic and geopolitical interest in those commodities central to the fuel to materials energy transition. Indeed, I'll be hosting a panel talking about the need to build critical minerals partnerships with a focus on the automotive value chain. And the research team will be presenting the usual mining, battery and carbon 101 session for those there early on this Sunday. What will the key topics be at the conference this year? Well, in an industry struggling for growth but receiving increased investor interest, I think M&A will naturally be on the agenda. I also expect many companies to be requesting a bit more leeway from shareholders to push growth projects forward. Also, I'd expect some security of supply and responsible sourcing uh, dynamics. They'll get some airtime. Um, And this is really an event that we at BMO are extremely proud of, and I cannot wait to see friends, colleagues, and clients there. While the BMO conference is naturally the number one event next week, it is not the only one taking place. For the zinc market, the annual International Zinc Association conference marks an important time in the calendar. This is when the heavy lifting takes place in the negotiations for the annual contract zinc treatment charge benchmark for 2023. As a reminder, that's a bilateral negotiation between miners and smelters, but naturally, current market dynamics will play a key role in those negotiations. Now, despite weak refined metal demand, a lack of operating zinc smelter capacity has seen spot TC assessments move to higher levels than seen in early 2022. That gives smelters more leverage in this year's discussions. And in our December commodity price update, we forecast zinc treatment charge terms for 2023 at $300 a tonne. But assessments, they're around 265 And even though contract terms are typically set higher than the prevailing spot, $300 a tonne now looks like a stretch, even if the current per issues are driving some concentrate supply concerns. A level of maybe 280 285 looks more likely in my view. That would represent about a 20% rise over... Last year's $230 a tonne, but will be below the recent peak in 2020. Either way, this should be a more profitable year for smelters, particularly those who might benefit from power price declines. Now, on that one interesting development ahead of the IZA, which has raised some questions, was the announced restart of Nearstar's Obi smelter in France. The falling power prices are certainly improving smelter economics, but it isn't strange to announce a smelter restart ahead of contract negotiations, as it technically weakens the bargaining power of the smelter side. I guess that Trafigura, Nearstar's de facto owner, feels confident it can provide the needed zinc concentrate to the Nearstar operations from existing supply channels. 
and thus does not need to worry about contract levels. And given that, it looks like a deliberate strategic decision. Careers Inc., they set the benchmark terms. They're now potentially more inclined to accept less favourable smelter terms than may have been the case otherwise. And in turn, this might limit Careers Inc.'s stated desire to build a zinc cathode sales book in Europe and discuss this with customers at the conference next week. Interesting dynamics, more than any other major industrial metal, zinc market depends heavily on strategy of trading houses. We're now one year on from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and a lot has changed in the world. For commodity prices, however, the relative performance of that time frame is perhaps not what might have been thought. Most prices did spike, or at least rise, in the immediate aftermath of the invasion and the resulting sanctions, particularly those where natural trade flows were disrupted. Though if you look at some of the key ones now, you'd hardly think that. The prime example of metals is palladium, where Russia is almost 40% of global mine supply. Spot palladium prices are down 36% on this time last year. That's not up, that is down, with only tin and cobalt worse under our coverage. And this is also despite the situation in South Africa, the second largest supplier where unprecedented stage 7 load shedding has now been announced, which will undoubtedly impact refined PGM output. Nickel, where Russia is 15% of class 1 supply, has been the only base metal to rise over the year, though nickel pig iron prices I note are flat. Aluminium, down 25%. Copper, prices down 7% year on year. Thermal coal, 11%. Even gold, 3%. This highlights that weaker demand conditions have outweighed supply pressures, particularly as trade flows adapted. Now, however, there's a wider market expectation of further sanctions, and it looks as though areas such as enriched uranium might be in focus. Interestingly, after molybdenum's 100% gain over the past year, uranium is actually the next best performer. Spot prices are up about 20% on levels seen this time last year. Finally this week, I wanted to briefly discuss how we are thinking incrementally about the demand side of our models for 2023 for some key regions. Let's start with the US. Generally, we have metals demand flat to slightly down this year, and I'm relatively happy with that. Some areas of demand are coming in better than expected, but the residential construction side looks increasingly challenged, and metals this is perhaps most clearly evidenced by the sharp decline in shipments of aluminum extrusions. Moving to Europe, and like many, we were cautious in the outlook for the first half of this year, given there was a chance of significant industrial load shedding, with metals demand down about 10% year on year in the half. This has not come to pass, and while Europe is still likely to be down year on year, the demand outcome is not as disastrous as feared. Indeed, given the aggressive European destocking to end 2021 has necessitated a reasonable restock thus far this year, Apparent demand might even be marginally positive. I certainly didn't think I'd be saying that three months ago. Last but certainly not least when it comes to metals is China. We are on the cautious end of demand growth assessments for this year with 2-3% on average for metals. Partly this was down to reopening being less metals intensive economic growth, which I still don't think is fully appreciated. And partly due to increased scrap availability, taking some pressure off primary metal needs. This level still seems like a reasonable assumption with Chinese data points only now starting to pick up post-Lunar New Year. The past week has seen domestic coal prices arrest their decline, steel margins improve. Meanwhile, new home prices rose in 36 of the 70 cities in the MBS survey over January. That's the most in a while. However, land acquisitions remain weak. 
Copper cathode premiums are moribund and the hitherto strong battery and electric vehicle sector looks to be heading a softer patch following the withdrawal of central government subsidies. The coming month, the annual National People's Congress meeting will be key for China policy watchers. Uh, we would expect to see a more comprehensive property package directed at debt relief for developers, boosting completions and perhaps government purchases of unsold inventories. There's also likely to be the usual focus on 2023's GDP target, the fiscal deficit and the special purpose bond quota. All things being equal, we expect Beijing to have to take on more of the growth burden this year via higher central government spending, given local governments are struggling with their own finances. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear me address, just get in touch directly. I do hope you can join me next time round to discuss more pertinent issues to the global metals and bulk commodity markets. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton.com at bimo.com To access our full disclosures please visit researchglobalzero.bimocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure